Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. So what did we talk about today? Today, we spoke with Liz Hartman with the Lake Oswego Chamber of Commerce about leadership. Yeah, we also talked about what is happening in Lake Oswego. And um, how the community is adapting. All that and more on another exciting episode of the Refreshing Edge podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Refreshing Edge podcast, hosted by Megan and Nicholas DeSalvo, about what businesses go through when branding, developing creative, and marketing their business in an ever-changing digital climate. It's also about leadership, company culture, building community, working with your spouse, and whatever we feel is important to share with you today. You might know Megan as an amazing wife, incredible mother, thespian, entrepreneur, co-owner, and creator of opportunities at Edge One Media, and volunteer for every nonprofit organization that exists in Portland and maybe beyond. You might know Nicholas for his love of coffee, tennis, watches, video games, and all things Portland. Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. So what are we talking about today? Today, we have a special guest. Liz Hartman is with us from the Lake Oswego Chamber of Commerce. That's right. So we've been talking with a lot of the local CEOs and presidents of Chambers of Commerce. And um, it's been an exciting thing for us to do to talk about leadership in the community. We're really excited to tap into Lake Oswego because it's a little bit different than the other communities that uh, we've interviewed, um, just in the fact that it's very um, retail-driven and there's high uh, foot traffic population. So it's exciting to see um, how they've adapted in this time. So, uh, Liz, why don't we start off by you telling us who you are, what you do, and why it is important. I'm Liz Hartman. And I am the executive director of the Lake Oswego Chamber of Commerce. And it is important because the chamber is the glue that brings together business and government and the community in a way that strengthens our community and makes it a great place to live, work, and play. That is wonderful. And uh, with that, what is it that makes the Lake Oswego Chamber unique? Lake Oswego is probably one of the most communicative communities there is. And our businesses like to talk to each other. They like to talk to our government officials and they love the people who come and patronize their stores and their businesses and their real estate offices. It's just completely a community. Um, one thing that's, I think, uh, unique to Lake Oswego, or at least in my mind, is is, uh, you know, like the shopping experience of going there is much different than if you were to walk down Main Street in Tigard or um, go to Tualatin and, and uh, visit one of their big shopping centers. It is, it is very, um, I, I, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but it is definitely a unique experience. And I, I very much like the uh, experience of walking in downtown Lake Oswego. And can you maybe speak to what that's like? I think there is a strong sense of beauty. People want things to look lovely and comfortable and inviting and welcoming. And when you walk into a store, you get to have your shopping experience. But when you walk out, you're going to look at art or amazing trees. We have a tree canopy here that is one of the best in the state of Oregon. And trees make things feel better. Art makes people feel better, and 
shop owners who really care about what they're selling, people are passionate about their, their shops and about the businesses that they're in. I think people really have given a lot of thought to what makes them happy, brings them joy, and they like to share it with the people who come in. How does the chamber reflect its community? We are a chamber that probably has not, um, we have more nonprofits and more community members who, in addition to the businesses that are always in there. So we have large businesses, but we have a lot of small businesses and individuals who become chamber members because they want to support the community. We also have nonprofits. We have uh, Respond to Racism. We have Africa Bridge. We have the Hunger Fighters. And because the city is a member, we have strong, strong support from the Adult Community Center. In fact, one of our members, uh, Hassan Company, does one of our networking every year to support the, uh, the Meals on Wheels program. Mm -hmm. So everybody's working together. And I think that's the way a chamber should work but I think we do it pretty well. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've noticed about Lake Oswego too, is it, there's always some sort of cause or um, purpose, not just to network and do business with one another, but to give back or to support a community member in need. Um, and I've noticed that a lot in Lake Oswego over the years that we've been members, um, which is a beautiful thing. Um, so what is it that you admire about the leadership of um, Lake Oswego of the city? I have had more exposure this year to leadership like Oswego, and I have lived here for nearly 25 years and have never taken the leadership like Oswego class, but I have always been involved in city government and neighborhood associations. I serve on the school board, and from observing leadership like Oswego, working with the program and meeting a lot of the individuals who have gone through it, this is a fabulous program for developing leaders. So you can come into the city and be a leader, but when you really go through a program like Leadership Lake Oswego, you get to see how everything merges together. We have representatives from the city, from the school district. We had a number of principals this year. In fact, this was a pretty amazing class. We had a city councilor, we had the editor of the paper, we had a principal from a school, we had restaurateurs, uh, which it was just a really phenomenal class that came together. And what it does is show you how everybody blends together to make a city and to understand how important business is to the living experience here. Because when you have great businesses, you have great business owners, and you have everybody understanding what everybody else is doing, you know why it is kind of fun to live here. Well, I think, you know, I think that's, <clears throat> leadership programs are amazing experience because it peels back layers in things that you just don't have experience experience in. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I've been through some leadership programs and one of the things that um, is, is what was really fascinating to me was about how public policy gets made and, you know, thinking about like one particular issue and all of the viewpoints around that particular issue and how one thing could be detrimental to one side and, and not the other. And really uh, you start with the core value, what you're trying to do, you know, like if you're, managing your water policy. You're trying to provide water to your city uh, 
without making any money, or or maybe you are. I, I'm not sure how Lake Oswego does it. I, I feel like it's tied with Tigard. It is. Right, and so you're not trying to make money. You're just trying to provide water to your residents at a, a fair price. And, uh, and then there are some logistics, nuts and bolts, that change the price of the water that you get depending on what your capacity is and, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. And <clears throat> the people who are making those decisions aren't trying to um, – they're, they're trying to do it as fairly as possible, but inevitably there is no consensus around what the best way to do it is. Um, and, but just understanding what goes into making that decision makes it more accessible and makes it easier to understand that the people who are in charge are not trying to do something to hurt you. Um, they're, they're trying to do something in the public interest. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, there's uh, business and other people have voices at the table. Um, chambers represent them, all kinds of things like that. And sometimes, you know, I think it's, it's when there isn't that voice at the table that there is that discourse. Um, but at the end of the day, I also think like, these are people who are coming together trying to do their best, um, you know, with the information that they have and, the, you know, their, their smarts and goodwill um, and what they can do. And, um, you know, the, the way that the chambers interact with cities, I think, um, show the general public how um, you can interact with public officials, elected officials, and how you can help um, change policy or, you know, be part of that process. You know, I think um, one of the so, most, most important things for people to remember is that in the most part, in city government and everything else, these are volunteers. These are people who are taking their time to do things on the side. And when you come in and say, everybody's here with good intentions. Nobody's here to hurt somebody else, but we have to listen to everybody. That makes it a whole different experience. And I'm sorry I inter interrupted you. No, don't don't be sorry at all. That's true. I mean, and, and I think that that's, that's part of it too, is that a lot of people think um, some of these people get paid or, you know, and, and it's, there's more volunteerism um, in a lot of what happens in policy than people realize. Um, so yeah, I, I like that about uh, our chambers. Um, so what is it that you think your city could do to have a stronger leadership? Uh, I have not given a lot of thought to that one because I've been pretty impressed with the leaders who have stepped forward. In fact, as we're watching the people who are getting ready to run for city council, and even when we've watched people who run for school board, these are people with amazing resumes and it is phenomenal that they are stepping forward to take a lot of time and energy to put into investing in the city. If you're asking what we could do to build them stronger, I think uh, folks who really read up on things that are going, going on and people who attend the meetings before they become leaders. One of the toughest things are folks who get elected who've never attended a meeting it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it takes a lot longer to get up to speed and get the group to work together. So I would advise anybody who is running for something or wants to be a leader, really do your homework and talk to all the people you're gonna be working with. Because if you're gonna be working with that person, you have to work with that person. And you need to know that you're going to have a lot of, of time together. And to be able to really make effective policies and to make progress and to be able to listen and communicate 
you need to know who's there. Is there a way that we could make uh, public policy or, you know, just anything, leadership meetings, we can make them more accessible? Uh, I mean, I know that uh, they are open, they're in the public, but it's intimidating to go to those things. Is there a way that we could be more inclusive in? We are constantly trying to be more inclusive. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, I'm on the school board and working with the chamber and all the ways we're finding that it takes seven to 10 times for somebody to see something before they really see something. Absolutely. They don't see it the first time. And so whether it is social media or it's a newsletter or whether it's word of mouth and frankly, word of mouth always comes back to be the most reliable thing. If you hear from somebody else who is getting information or do or participating in a project, you're going to be much more open about it. But when you're talking about the process of going to a meeting, I have to say the virtual reality and virtual meetings haven't been all bad because the one thing you can see is the name on the screen. You put the name with the face and the face is learning how to speak on screen and doesn't have five or 10 or 50 people in front of them as they're speaking. They're also able to have a piece of paper with some words on it, which makes them be a little more prepared. So virtual reality isn't all bad and we will constantly be looking for ways to engage people. Well, and that's one of the things we talk about with our clients often is um, it does take seven to 10 times or, or even more to get your message across, but also everyone consumes things differently. So in order to reach everybody, you do have to kind of be everywhere. Um, some people prefer email and other people like email Nicholas, you may or may not get a response. We talk about that all the time. Pick up the phone and call him and you'll get his attention. Or if you put it on social media and tag him, uh, you'll get his attention. But there's a lot of things that you have to do to get his attention. Whereas with me, I, I consume lots of different things. And so it's a, it's a lot easier to get my attention um, and have me know that something's happening. Um, so we talk a lot with uh, our clients about um, how important it is to ask the question, like, how do you want to hear from us? And, and you'll find there are people who want text messages or phone calls or emails, or they want to see it on social media or you know, if you don't make it an event, they won't um, click, you know, that they're interested in going and it won't be on their feed, you know, all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's important to uh, check all those boxes. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm a terrible emailer. Uh, you probably know this about me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we have a help desk. We have a whole system <laughs> in place because I'm a terrible emailer. Um, so that I don't lose track of emails. But you get hundreds of them, to be fair. So, That's well, What are some of your newest ways to communicate with people? Are you finding that there's any kind of shift going on? Well, okay. So, I mean, this is a uh, tremendous, this tremendously rich topic, especially right now, because, um, you know, we're in the midst of a global pandemic, uh, which has completely shifted the way so many businesses operate. And, uh, and it's one of the biggest shocks to our way of life, you know, in my lifetime anyway. And, um, but the communication is, uh, there's so much attention on the internet right now. And so if there's a way for you to leverage a digital platform to get your message out, it's, uh, it's great to be, uh, it's, it's great to utilize those things. You know, like one, one of the things that we've talked about uh, is, is, making networking events uh, over Zoom, which I think has been tremendous for a lot of people. And it changes the experience 
so that it is not so intimidating to come. I know that when I first started coming to chamber events, it took me a while to become comfortable walking into a room of 50 people I didn't know. But it is pretty easy for me to click on a link and um, talk to a screen full of faces. So, so that experience, and I get to talk to people I never would talk to in actual uh, in-person networking events. I just, for whatever reason, you, you know, we gravitate to who we gravitate toward. And so to be able to have breakout rooms where we talk to, you know, like we're forced into learning about people we didn't know before. And it's much less intimidating than going up and saying, hi, I'm Nicholas with Edge One Media. What do you do? Um, I, I, th I also think that um, a lot of people have um, obstacles. So they might have children at home or they might have other things. Maybe they care for, you know, their mother or something like that. And those, for those reasons, they can't make it to a networking event because of drive time or, you know, the time of day. Um, but this has actually opened up the ability for us to communicate more effectively. Um, and like, for instance, Nicholas and I being in the same place at the same time. It used to be a joke that you could never get us together at the same time because one of us had a little kid um, that we were taking care of. But now we can both be, we have the kids at home. They know that they're, you know, we set them up on what they need to be doing and um, they're, you know, pretty respectful of the boundaries we have in place. Uh, and we're able to be at the same place or at different places at the same time. Um, so I think um, tools though wise, you know, a lot of the same tried and true tools, but I think, yeah, utilizing Zoom and other platforms. Um, I've also heard a lot of people are using Slack or um, CRM, you know, HubSpot, different management tools. Um, so I think, you know, it's just making sure that you have the digital tools in place to communicate effectively as teams. Um, private Facebook groups, you know, that that also works for some people. It just sort of depends on where where the people live that you're trying to get together as a group to talk. Yeah, I think the the way that we have normal the way that we communicate is normalizing different things. Also, you know, like having little heads pop into your Zoom calls is uh, just a thing that happens now. And it and before that would have mortified Megan, um, <laughs> but now it's it's uh, it's totally fine. And in fact, it's kind of a fun thing to get a glimpse behind what is actually happening in someone's life. You know, when a little kid pops in or a cat walks across their, their screen or something like that. Um, and, and so with these digital ways of connecting, you know, there are, there are tremendous things that have been taken away from us in terms of the, the ability to get together. Mm -hmm. But there are also tremendous opportunities to connect with people we never would have otherwise. And I know that we are attending networking events that are across the world now. Whereas, you know, before we were much more locally focused and that has expanded our opportunities tremendously uh, because we, you know, we have a business that kind of supports the idea of being able to do business from anywhere. And um, there is a challenge uh, for lots of businesses to think about how they fit into a world where getting together is much harder now. Yeah, yeah there was, uh, the Walton Chamber had someone from Texas pop on actually. Um, one of their networking events. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think there, there are people everywhere looking for connection. And so, you know, depending on how they come across what you're doing, you might get um, traction from all over. So. And now is our favorite question. Are you going to ask it, Nicholas, or should I? Go for it. 
Okay. So our favorite question, and the reason that we're doing the podcast um, is, you know, talking about leadership. So what are the top three traits that you admire in a leader? And I think I, I do find this changes from time to time and situation to situation, but I think the basics are integrity, honesty, and the ability to relearn, which means communication. Yes. Because just because you've learned something doesn't mean it always stays the same. So being open to learn, relearn, and learn again, and keep adapting. Uh, I think, I mean, I think that's incredible is, is because people become entrenched in how they do things and that, that makes it so that people uh, are unwilling or, or rigid to, you know, you know, consider other, other things. Uh, Megan and I did this together where we sort of revealed these three to each other and they're, wow. they're different. Uh, but uh, mine were, decisiveness i thought it, it's important for a, a leader to be able to make a decision take a stand do something and not be crippled by so many possibilities because there are so many possibilities and then also number two was to be flexible um flexible enough to maybe take the make the decision and realize maybe it was the wrong one and be able to walk that back and maybe try something different and um and not be so rigid in in how you know, how it's your way or the highway or anything like that. And then my number one thing was empathy. I just, I think it's really important for leaders, for people in general, to try to understand somebody else's situation because there's a lot of toxicity in the world around what other people think about things. And, you know, I think it would serve us all better if we could listen a little bit more and be willing to explore why someone thinks the way they think and be less quick to make judgments about it. Um, and I, you know, I think you know, one of my ideals is to be a lifelong learner, just to learn things all the time. There's so many uh, different things that change. And, and uh, I think that if we could be empathetic and consider other people's opinions, we'd be much better served in how we could carry and live our lives. And you know, we could disagree more gracefully uh, without ha having to lead to anger and resentment, as it so often does. Megan's were uh, much, much different. But Yeah. So mine um, are that I feel the need uh, for leaders to be transparent. So I want, um, I, I desire transparency in leadership, and I think great leaders have that, where they don't have anything to hide. So it's all out on the table. You know how where they stand. You know... Um, their agenda or what they're trying to do or what their goals are. Um, and they're transparent and upfront about it and they stand by that. So um, that's one of the ones that I think is important. Um, collaboration. I also think great leaders are collaborative. Um, they don't have this hierarchy where they're in charge and everyone else is under them and does the, you know, underling things. Um, they're, you know, we're part of a team. And so there isn't something that a leader of that team wouldn't be willing to do. Um, you know, I call it the taking out the trash, you know, every leader needs to take out the trash too. So, um, you know, it's, it's an important uh, feature, I think. And uh, Nicholas, you always have something to say about that part. So, well, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I sometimes take that to mean that I should take out the trash more, but she assures me that I do a good job taking out the trash, but being collaborative, you know, you can empower other people on your team because, um, 
you know, the reason why we have teams is because teams can do so much more than an individual person. And so if you can empower people who are specialized and do things better than you do in a certain area to do their special thing, um, that, you know, you have the best minds, you know, the best of, of your team working on particular problems that they're very well suited for. And outcomes are better that way. And then my number, and then my number one is passion. Uh, I feel the need for uh, passion to be something. I, I just think it's an important trait. Um, you know, if a good leader has passion for what they're doing and then they realize when that passion subsides and when they need to step aside and allow another leader to come up and take the reins. Um, so I, uh, I think that that's something that, you know, I think as, as a job, what I do is I'm passionate about what I do. And uh, changed from corporate America to doing my own thing because of that passion. Uh, it was just not fulfilled otherwise. So I think um, you know that's that's just something to to look at. And it doesn't need to be this passion where it's really tough. Um, but you know, just making sure that your heart still sings for what it is that you do on a daily basis. I close. Very good. Yeah, and I will say that integrity uh, is has been a very popular answer also. And, um, you know, I, we, we both think that's really important, you know, just in people in general to um, have integrity, be honest, uh, so, so that people can trust you. I know we're always looking for what the, what, what do we need to teach children? And kindness is always one of the ones that comes mm -hmm. to the very top. And the collaboration, I think the kids are learning this probably far more than any of us learned in school, and it will be a great outcome as we see these classes graduate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and uh, one of the things that I've taught our children since they were very young, I think I started it when they were two, is I um, tell them my expectations are that they're nice, kind, respectful, and gentle. Those are my expectations, and so I can look at them, either one of them now, and that now they're nine and six, and I can say, what are my expectations? And they'll, they'll recite it and they'll say, nice, kind, respectful, gentle. And then I'll just say, was that, you know, instead of reprimanding them or making them feel bad about their decision or their choice, I'll just say, was that nice, kind, respectful, and gentle? And then they'll usually, you know, go, oh, no, it wasn't. And then they get to kind of, you know, realize on their own what it is that wasn't kind or nice about what happened. So um, I do think that, you know, we have a, a job to, to help educate our children um, to be empathetic and kind and respectful, but also have an opinion and be able to voice that opinion and in a kind way. So um, I look forward to, to seeing what the future generations hold because my kids, you know, inspire me every day. Yeah, well, I think that kindness is an underrated attribute also. Uh, and, you know, if I'm thinking about the ideal person I'd like to be, kindness would be one of the traits uh, that I would have for sure. And I guess, um, you know, you have a very unique uh, background with the school district and the chamber and all of the different things that you've done. Um, so I, what would be the, the one thing that you would want to let someone who is thinking about taking a leadership position or, um, you know, who is curious about how to, how to step into one of those roles? It depends what leadership position you're taking. <laughs> but if you are taking a leadership position in Lake Oswego, I think you should 
introduce yourself to as many people as you possibly can. I think you do your research on what's going on and I think you'd be willing to be out there because you will be surprised how many people are willing to help you along the way. And it takes a lot of people to help you to be a leader. You can't just walk in and say, I'm a leader. You have to build your, build your consensus and build the group around you. Lake Oswego is a great place to get involved, whether you're a business, whether you're in government, whether you're in schools, or whether you just wanna get your neighborhood together. And there are so many leadership opportunities that leadership is not just about being the mayor of the city. Leadership is being a leader in sustainability, in livability, in every single aspect where you can find the passion. And I think that is a very, very good word to use is the passion to go forward with what you believe in. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today, Liz. We appreciate it. Uh, lovely conversation. I am honored to join the DeSavos. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. And, how, do, uh, how do people get in touch with the chamber? They can call 503-636-3634 or email Liz at lake-oswego.com. Find us on Facebook, Lake Oswego Chamber, or on the World Wide Web, lakeoswegochamber.com. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for taking the time. We appreciate it. Um, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Great. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Share it with a friend. Follow us on the socials. At Edge One Media. At This Is Nicholas DeSalvo. Or at Megan DeSalvo. 